0: How do you go from managing over half a billion dollars in client assets at a major brokerage firm to taking the leap of faith and starting over from scratch just to do it your way? What do you do when God tells you to take a leap of faith into the abyss of the unknown and start your own business? If you've been questioning if you should stay where you are or follow your heart, stay tuned because our next guest is going to share her story on how she did it and hopefully inspire you to follow your dreams, too. As Christians, we were taught to be good stewards over our tithing and giving to the less fortunate. But when it came to our own personal finances and investments, we are clueless on what the Bible says. What does the Bible say about managing debt, leaving a legacy, investing, or even planning for retirement? We answer these and many other questions because we want to teach you how to be rich and righteous. If this is your first time to the show, we want to say welcome. If you're coming back for another spiritual refill, welcome back. I am A.B. Ridgeway, and this is Financial Advisors Say the Darndest Things. Today we have an exciting show, but before we start, let's go over today's scripture. It comes from John chapter 20, verse 29. Jesus said to him, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not and yet have believed. This scripture comes as Jesus reappearance to the disciples after his crucifixion. And Thomas believes in the resurrection because he finally saw Jesus and was able to see the wounds for himself. But Jesus says something very profound here. Have you believed because you have seen me? And, and I think this is powerful because I feel exactly the same way. Standing at six foot seven, I'm able to do a headstand, a yoga pose where you're literally balancing on your head and maybe in your head right now, you're thinking, yeah, right. But many believe once I show them. But why? Where are people's faith? The lesson I want you to take away from today is that just because something isn't probable doesn't mean it isn't possible. Before we introduce our next guest, let's bow our head in prayer. Oh, Heavenly Father, we come to you because we believe. We believe what you told Thomas, that we would be blessed because we are amongst those that believed and hadn't seen. Today, we pray that you guide our words as our guest shares her testimony with the world. Allow this platform to expand your kingdom and bring glory to you. We ask all of these things in your name, amen. Our next guest serves women of faith who are going through transitions, whether through career changes, planning for retirement, retired, and recently divorced, or sadly, recently widowed. Or they may be at a place where they know they need to manage their finances just a little bit differently. They may be wondering how to laugh at the future. She empowers them by creating a financial path forward so they can have a roadmap and a guide to their destination of financial freedom. With over 20 years of experience, she is starting her journey as the owner of Casey and Gordon Financial Planning. She's a certified financial planner. She's a certified financial analyst. She's a certified public accountant and a certified Christian by the grace of God. Now, did I mention she was certified? I hope so. She has managed clients' assets of Fortune 500 CEOs, CFOs and business owners and assets of half a billion dollars. And today she is here to show the world that just because you can't see the other side doesn't mean there isn't one. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome our next guest, Casey and Gordon. How you doing, Casey?
1: Thank you so much. Hearing you say all of that is quite humbling.
0: (laughs) Well, you've earned it, um, you know, 20 years, you know, is no short time period. Um, We all know this is progressive, but hopefully our listeners understand that with time, you will accumulate these accolades if you just keep going forward. Um, A lot of people think it's overnight. Hey, you know, you know, I I studied for six months and now I'm all certified. It doesn't work that way. There's a lot of ebbs and flows, ups and downs, good and bad um, to accumulate. But what happens is nobody remembers the failures. We only celebrate the successes. And that's what they heard today. You as you are
1: have you been reading my mind
0: (laughs) (laughs) i have not been reading your mind but you know maybe you know when we're in the spirit of the lord i think that he puts people together for a certain reason definitely you're a believer and it shows in everything that you do and i'm just blessed to have you on the show and i just cannot wait to to show everybody your story um and go from there so let's start off with what people came here for tell us what it was like going from managing a book of half a billion dollars to deciding that maybe what you had been doing for the past 17 years or so wasn't what you want to keep doing.
1: I'll go back and just share that I started out as an intern with the group, left, went into public accounting, got my CPA license, went back to the team, and I worked with other advisors so in my role of, as analyst, just helping to guide the clients. and. For, I'd say, for a few years, I've been asking God, is it time? Yet? Is it is a time? It. And I'll tell you that no doors would open mm. until finally, I'd say, October of 2018. I'm sitting at my desk, and in the stillness of all the chaos that was happening around me, I heard, it's time for a change. Mm. Okay, exciting. Finally, finally. <laughs> And I've been waiting for far, quite a few years. I thought it meant going to another team like I was, supporting, um, but also being able to guide clients. Like, that was Friday afternoon. Monday, right. I got to be still. Mm. Okay, God, like, you finally told me that I could leave now, and then you're going to tell me that I should just, like, slow my roll. Right. Okay, so, and through just a series of confirmation, and I, and I tell you, like, some of the stories I could not even make up picture for yourself, I'm divorced, so, and I haven't, she's now nine, but at the time, I think six a seven-year-old, so divorced mom, single mom, bills to pay, right. and God said, go out and go do this thing. Joined the team that I was introduced to, Class Financial, and I'm forever indebted to them, and only God could have aligned it in the way that he did. I left there recently, and officially now launched a month ago Casey Gordon financial planning, because simply because God said it was time.
0: That's awesome. That's Mm -hmm. awesome. You know, there's a there's a lot to break down in that story. And that's what we're going to get into now. So your your story is is and take this with with all love and compassion It's not a unique story in the financial industry right? Because the turnover is really high in the financial industry, especially like year one and year two. I say, you know, when the excitement falls off, right? <laughs> because you get in, you're like, oh, this is going to be great. And I'm going to be like the wolf of Wall Street. And I'm going to be ringing bells in the morning. And it's like, that's not how it goes. And I do want to take a step back to the internship opportunity, right? Because I think a lot of people bypass the, the great opportunity an internship offers you. And sometimes uh, internships are not paid as much as people think, like, okay, I'm doing it for free, but you're not paying for, are you not getting paid for, excuse me, working? You're getting paid to get that experience. And the experience is worth a lot more than any cash flow that you're going to receive. Because one, you can decide that that's what you really want to do or not before getting stuck. Right. And then and then two, you can actually build those relationships. And when you do go look for your job, you do have some opportunities and some people, some references to to go on. So how do you feel about um, internships in the so role of finance? It,
1: it, it was absolutely amazing. Right. Thankfully, I got paid. I was 20, 21. Um, I was getting paid for with the group that I was working with and also getting college credits. So it was a double plus for sure.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and it also allowed me to stay longer than if I wasn't getting paid. Mm. Right. So some instances you're getting paid, some you're not. So I was able to be there for two and a half years. And the last year I was there, I was able to work pretty much full time because I was in between the offer that I knew had come from my CPA firm that I was going to be working with. And I had to make a decision as to do I go interning at the CPA firm where it was going to be part time or do I stay on with this team that I'd already, you know, basically Mm growing with and be able to work full time. So it was an opportunity for that one year while I waited to start in in public accounting to really be there. And Mm -hmm. I wasn't licensed, I wasn't registered. So I was doing intern work, but it also allowed me to kind of shine in my work ethic. And I'll say that it was the work ethic is the way that I showed up every day doing the best that I could with the information that I was given and asked to do and having a good attitude. Left and went into public accounting, got my CPA license after two, two and two and a half, two years. I was there. I was already taking parts of the CPA exam, even as an intern um, while I was at UBS. And when that time ended and my former boss reached out and said, Casey, I want you to come back for me, listed the reasons. I had to wait, okay, do I want to f- keep the path of working in public accounting, which was not, or do I want to go to this place where I could be mentored? And I chose that path. And I was there from 2005 to 2019, which even to this day, I mean, this is, that's unusual. That's unheard of to be with one team for that long. But I'll tell you that I learned such a tremendous amount, and even, Now I reach out to my former boss and tell him I'm only able to do what I'm doing now because of what I learned being in the team, working at the very highest level, working with ultra high net worth clients, working with some, I'd say some of the nicest clients in the book Mm -hmm. um, and being able to just like, you know, being able to guide them, but really see the financial part of it. But what I think what captured my heart was the non-financial parts that we right. talked about. Right. So now that's what I bring into the practice with me. You know, some clients are very performance oriented. I have the clients that I got to build deep relationships with. So,
0: yeah. you know, the man, I'm glad you brought up that point. I try to express that to people all the time. You know, we get this idea that, you know, rich people are evil and they're mean, and they're just only out for money. I always say this, and I've probably said this on several episodes, but proximity changes perception. And what happens is because you're so far away from the CFO of Google and all these Fortune 500 companies, you you don't you only know what you think that, you know, the closer that you get to them, you realize they're human beings, too. They have, you know, marital issues as well. They have financial issues. You know, I I make the comparison is that I don't you're still living check to check, no matter what numbers on that check, if you're spending as much as you're making right? So more. Some of them, if you're yeah, spending
1: more than you're making too, right? Yeah.
0: Some, some people are highly in debt. They're highly leveraged and that stress is really builded on. So yes, they have the Teslas and yes, they have the Lamborghinis, but unfortunately they are in debt just as much as anybody else is in debt. And I tell people, I said, if you have $20 in your account, you're living a little bit better <laughs> under a little less stress than what some of these people are living under because their world is about to crumble. Um, if one deal doesn't go through the next month. But I, I want to um, touch into that culture and, and that aspect of gratitude for a second, if we can, your ability to maintain that relationship and not burn a bridge, I think is very vital because I think in this new um, generation, the, uh, the great resignation, where everybody's quitting, they're going on Facebook, they're going on social media, and they're having this outcry of... How bad the environment was, how bad their management was, how toxic it was and and all these things. And they're saying how horrible it is. And then they're praising this new company that they've only been there for one week. And it's their dream job. And and, and it's kind of hard you know, for me to kind of keep my mouth closed. But that's why I get on my own platform and not on theirs. But the idea here is that you're able to maintain that bridge. And still to this day, even though you're not working for them, they're still able to offer guidance is appreciation and gratitude and gratitude is something God wants us to be. Um, God didn't put these people in your life for no reason to me. And and this is nothing against people who do it, but I kind of feel that when you're not grateful for the good and the bad, you're almost telling God he made a mistake. He has not made a mistake. He's put you through those troubled times so you can either A, have a story or B, you can grow in your faith and, and trust that he's going to deliver you out of it because you're only out of it because he delivered you, right?
1: And I'll tell you that, like, I don't believe in burning bridges, right? right. You might wanna cross those bridges at some point. Yes. So if you burn it, you will never have it to go back to. I think over the years, I've just learned to have an appreciation that whatever I thought of the situation or the environment or whatever else, which is either here or there, it's the fact that it's allowing me to be where I am today. and. Even going back to my internship days, I'll, I'll share, I guess, another testimony that I didn't even realize until lately. I So I became Seventh-day Adventist when I was about 20 or 21. And that means no work on the Sabbath. And I was working two jobs, alternate weekends, alternate Saturdays. And I said, Lord, if you want me to like not work on the Sabbath, you're going to have to find me something. <laughs> so like, That's that great. So, and that was the place that I ended up Right? And with this team. And now to see 20 years later, 20 plus years later, which is crazy, that it was the place that became home to an answered prayer from 20 plus years ago, which has allowed me to do what I'm doing now to work with people of faith, women of faith, to be able to now expand the kingdom in a different way. Yes. Mind
0: absolutely blowing, Yeah. And that's wonderful. And I like, I like that idea. And, and I like to call it like a culture shift, right? Because the dynamic in which you work in may be appropriate for the time and the space that God has you in, but there's going to be moments where things are going to shift. And, And it's like you said, it has nothing to do with, you know, that environment, maybe it is toxic, maybe you do have a bad boss and, and we're not neglecting those things. We're not trying to belittle those things or, or, or marginalize those ideas. But they said, if you're not number one in the category, make another category. <laughs> so <laughs> that if you're not happy in the environment in which you are, create another safe environment. And, and that's what I like about you is that, okay, maybe there was a culture shift at UBS. And he says, listen, God, what do you want from me? Not what you want for UBS, not what you want for our team, not what you want for the CFOs and the CEOs. What do you want for me? And he guides you into this abyss where you really don't know where you're treading, but you're, you're planting the ground and you're growing, you're thriving because you understood your purpose, you know, your God-given purpose. And I, I want my listeners to hear that part is that, yes, you can make a culture change. Yes, you can make a shift. But at the end of the day, where is your identity? Is your identity in your firm? Is your identity in your company? Is your identity in other people? Or is it in yourself and is it in God and only validated through him, not through outside experiences?
1: Like I'm I'm sitting here just like in complete awe because you and I talked about a fair amount. We've not talked in depth about this, but the way that you are articulating it, all of it is as if, we got into whole deep conversations around. <laughs> um, and I'll say that even while I was asking, Lord, is it time yet? I never got the green light until mm. God knew that I would be faithful in the assignment that He calls me to. Yes. Right? So, as much as I wanted to move, God said, not yet. You're not there yet. You've still got some baking to do. Right. 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 Um. And sometimes we want to short circuit or shortcut the assignments to get to the next place. Yeah. And God knows that we're not ready yet. We're not. Um, and I wanna go back to, I think the introduction cause I have to say it. Sure. Um, when you talked about the failures and people don't see the failures. Yes. Um, so you see the letters behind my name now, CPA and CFP. Some that I've let lapse because I don't think I need them anymore. But what no one sees are the failures. And she said, right? Right. So I want to go back and highlight that there are points that I failed. Mm. Right? failed parts of the CPA exam. I failed the CFP exam the first time. But when you're having conversations, no one's going to ask you what your score was. No one's going to ask whether you passed it or not. Or anything else so for the person out there debating whether they need to do something over or not wanting to but it's a desire that's on your heart do it again it's yeah. okay to fail it's what you do when you failed that counts
0: do you know what they call a medical student who graduates with a c average
1: a doctor still. exactly
0: exactly hey <laughs> <Still. laughs> doctor all right and, and uh i have this conversation with uh, Mrs. Love, she's a tax specialist, but we talked about um, not necessarily just um, education, but continued education, because not stopping and growing is going to be way more important than somebody who maybe aced the CFP exam and still has not continued to um, grow and understand what's going on in the world. We talked about allocation, so you know your are withholdings, excuse me, your withholdings at your job for tax purposes, it's changed. And, you know, it's not the same. It was five and 10 years ago. The financial landscape has changed in the last couple of years, as far as taxation is concerned, as far as filing is concerned. What do you do? If you're sticking your head in the sand and not learning and growing, then it doesn't matter if you've been in the business for 25 years, everybody's on the same playing field when legislation changes. And I tell people that all the time. I said, you want somebody who has a passion for learning. And I think people get confused with the letters on the back of our name, like, oh, he has a master's of business administration, and she's a certified divorce financial analyst, and and all these other things. It's not the letters. It's the dedication it takes to achieve the letters. And, And I tell people this all the time, you know, your accomplishments are in and of themselves worthless. It's not the accomplishment, but it's the person you have to become to get the accomplishment. The CFP is not an easy exam. It takes months and sometimes years of studying all these different modules and information about taxes, about mortgages, about investments to get to that point. And it's the it's the due diligence, it's the, the study and work ethic that people want. And that's what you carry over to yourself. So when you're starting your own financial plan, you're not starting over from scratch, right? So when people look you up, they go, oh, she's only been in business for three months. I'm like, hold on, pump your brakes, you know, if you're listening right now. She's managed over half a billion dollars in assets. She takes that experience with her. And that's what you're getting. And I think that's where a lot of people get confused. And you don't necessarily want that new business owner. That's that's your perception, right? She's new to opening her own business. She's not new to the business. And i make a little joke. Just because um, you're just doing it doesn't mean that you're just doing it. Absolutely
1: not, right? And you know, I like to joke that I have 20 plus years of experience, but I'm only 25 because I like to say I look young.
0: There you go.
1: But it's it's really been 25, excuse me, 20 years plus of experience at this point, right? Yeah. And this is why I'm so grateful for my time at UBS because I learned how to really take care of clients, right? When you're working with that caliber of clients, the expectations are different. And so I bring that to <laughs> The everyday clients that I get to meet and get the pleasure of serving. And I'm still bringing that level of myself to them, because that's important to me. So, yeah. so, let's,
0: so let's touch on that, right? So you, you serve um women of faith in in all different uh marital statuses and things of that nature and you're really like you said you're you're taking from it's almost the funny thing is that you're kind of taking from the rich and and giving to the less fortunate type ideas like the lessons and the service that they get there you're taking it from there and and giving to them i think that's a very altruistic um perspective i really like that dynamic also you're serving the underserved um they said there's going to be a, a large uh shift and, and asset transferring, you know, this these next coming decades is women are going to possess a large majority of the assets in and of themselves. So we do want them to be able to manage those assets. We do want to have a good, strong representation. And we're going to get into your story as well, because as you said earlier, you are a single mom. Your daughter is nine years old at this time, I believe, right? So, you know, so can you talk about that dynamic of being a single mom who has a child? And still being able to manage her own finances, because there's some women out there that go, I don't know if I can do it on my own, or maybe I should, and I, I kind of want them to, to hear your story and it says, how do you do it? How do you start a business? You know, how do you do all that stuff with a daughter?
1: I'll, I'll, I'll start with some crazy faith, right? And when God tells you to do it, um, and when God tells you clearly that you can laugh at the future without fear. Um, so those were some of the things really, when the encouragement that I received straight from God. Um, But going back, I also, and this is one of the reasons I'm grateful for what I learned, right? So even when I was 22, 23 years old, I started, I told you, started the accounting firm. And my friend, I had a little bit, I had some debt because, you know, I thought I was going to be making big money when I started the accounting firm. What nobody tells you when you're starting is that, like, there's this, you, you said it, there's this thing called FICA and who's FICA? Yeah, yeah. right. So, <laughs> um, so, having all of that taken out of my um, my paycheck, uh, so the big number that you thought you were getting is not, right? No. <laughs> um, so I have that walking into my um, accounting role. And my friend who was a year ahead of me said, okay, Casey, this is what we're going to do. Um, and I, I not forgotten it, not for a moment. Um, you're going to put an ING was big at the time. And interest rates were really high. I think like 4% on cash, 5%. Um, you're going to put $50 out of each paycheck. You're going to pay down your debt. You're going to contribute to your 401k plan. So that was the foundation of everything. Mm. Right. Um, I was able to, I think be debt-free by the time I was leaving the accounting firm. Um, This is the longer answer, right? Um, But being able to not have debt, which is hugely important because it ends up costing you so much over time. Have a little bit, hello somebody. (laughs) Have a little bit um, saved in a 401k plan. But even by a 25-year-old, like I had a couple of thousand dollars then. um, Invested, rolled it over at UBS, invested that. And I didn't touch it, invested right. aggressively from 2005 to 2019. And when I rolled that over, like, again, mind blown as to what compounding um, really means, especially yeah. in a really good markets, even with the decline of 2008, right? Using those same lessons and the things that I was learning at UBS, invest a little bit at a time, contribute to your 401k yeah. plan. If you're getting a match, contribute to it. If you're getting um, access to an HSA plan, contribute to it, right? And by no means this is any specific guidance because you know we have to say that it's financial. You got
0: guidance. some compliance, yeah. This is general <laughs> advice. We we don't we don't have any demographics you know, of anybody or psychographics. We're okay. Um, State of Louisiana, no. you know SEC, <laughs> leave us alone. We're okay.
1: <laughs> New York, New York, New York.
0: Yeah, yeah, um, we're okay. Yeah. <laughs> we're just talking
1: um so contribute to those things and sometimes we think and I I especially discovered this lately sometimes we think that because we're making small contributions we're not making it fast enough
0: Mm.
1: I wrote an article slow progress is still progress yes and when you look back over time I have this um over my um over my 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 computer it says it's a chart um almost of a ladder um, going up, it says it didn't, it doesn't feel like much at the time, but when you look at the comparison of starting here and getting up to here over time, it says, but this was the massive improvement, Yes. right? So you're doing a little bit and start tracking it. Oh my gosh, start tracking it. But to answer your question, those are all the things over time that has allowed me to do what I'm doing now to be able to step out on faith and to start the business. Because on the back end, God was doing the preparation in my, in my putting away a little bit. And honestly, I wish I'd known now, I would have probably made the effort to put away more, uh, because I would have had. So when God called me out in October of 2018, I worked in the same role until May of 2019, because he didn't say right away. So I had a preparation season. Um, left in May of 2019, started in June of 2019 again with Clarice, um, the team that I needed to be with so that I could be here today. Um, and I'm watching and, you know, I, I think, I don't know if you've said it before, but God's math does not make sense. <laughs> I laugh a whole lot of times, God's math does not make sense um, to be able to do what I've been able to do in almost three years. Yes. Compared to where I am, and just watching, I'm like, yeah, I don't
0: know
1: about this now. But yeah. I'm gonna go with it. I, I yeah. don't know about it, but I'm
0: gonna go with it. <laughs> you know, you bring up a great point. Um, you know, obviously, the show is called Financial Advisors Say the Darndest Thing. Uh, so I wanna make this point as well uh, that, you know, Albert Einstein said that, you know, compound interest should be the eighth wonder of the world. Now, I kind of want to put this from a biblical perspective as well. We all know how we start, right? We start off with these single cells and it's through the division and the compounding of those cells that we are created as, as people and then they grow and we have organs and, and eyes and ears and we just blossom from the compound effect and we're still growing from little infants up into um, adults. You know, that's the beauty of God. Um, that is the, 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 the spirit of him in you. Now, as far as your debt is concerned, when you are compounding, let's say contributions to an investment, you can see the growth and some people may think it's negligible, uh, you know, just a little bit of growth, but imagine what's happening on the opposite side. That's why you're heavily in debt is because of compound interest, because you're getting charged those 18, 19% consistently, they're consistently charging you, your credit card department doesn't miss a payment. <laughs> that is why your bill is so high. So debt management is very important. And people ask me, it's like, well, what investment should I get into? And I said, well, how's your debt first? Because your debt is going to be more detrimental to your bottom line than any investments that you can get. What's the point of getting a 20% or even a 15% return or something very high risk in these low interest rate environments? When you're back in, you're losing 20% because you're carrying over a balance on your credit card. The biggest investment you can make in yourself is getting out of debt. That's the biggest thing you can do. And then take those principles of contributing to your debt compounding every month and adding to it where you're getting this huge debt to investing and contributing to that so you can have wealth. So uh, this is all good stuff, um, Casey, and uh, but we do need to take a quick break. Uh, we'll be back for more with Casey and Gordon after this message from our sponsor AB Ridgeway wealth management, looking for an advisor that shares your faith and not just your zip code. Uh, be sure to schedule your free consultation at www.abrwealthmanagement.com backslash consultation. Um, If you love the podcast, uh, we are sure you'll also love our faith and finance blog that releases new posts every Tuesday and Thursday where you can find more articles on faith, finances, and how to avoid some of those financial pitfalls so you can retire and stay retired happily ever after. Just go to our website, click on Christian Media, and you'll have access to all the resources we provide for Christian investors like you for free. Um, Before we get back to the show, let me just say, make sure you also follow us on all of our social media accounts, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Pinterest, and YouTube. Just Google AB Ridgeway Wealth Management or check the description below and all links will be provided. Um, Keep checking back because our merchandise store is coming soon. Welcome back. If you're just joining us, we have with us Casey and Gordon, owner of Casey and Gordon Financial Planning. We talked about her mission, her background, her her determination to take the leap of faith when she didn't know what was on that other side. Right before our break, we talked about writing. You talked about an article that you had. And I kind of wanted to, to dive into that because our listeners right now, they're they're listening at the gym, they're listening at home, maybe at their home computers. And I wanted them to really get to know who you are because I think your blogs are very powerful. They're they're very intimate and they're very vulnerable. And I think it breaks down that barrier that we think of financial planners, right? Uh, with these big guys and we have the suits and the ties and they have the, the pencil skirts. And, you know, we have this illusion that they're untouchable, but you have a way to just really be open and compassionate. And I kind of want you to talk about a little bit like that.
1: So you're you're literally making me laugh. To <laughs> um, so hear me being open and vulnerable is not the place that I started. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love God's sense of humor because he started me writing on the faith side, completely on the faith side um, when I was like UBS. And I think it was through that level of obedience when I didn't want to write, I didn't think I was a writer. Like I came up with every single excuse that I could have Mm. as to why I shouldn't be writing. Um, And over time, God has used those writings to both speak to myself and to speak to others in such incredible ways that I could not have even imagined. And I also recently, in the last year or two, so I've been writing on the faith side for almost six years. I don't think I've ever done anything as consistently. (laughs) And by the way, like shout out to you as well to be as consistent with your, your blogging and the newsletters that come out every couple of days to have that much content, but I I believe when we ask God for something to share, he shows up, right? Um, And so what I share on the faith side, it's all the lessons that I've learned maybe throughout the week or just something that God brings back to mind as to how to impact someone. And I'm going to stick a pin here and say, you may not know what your assignment is or how your assignment will impact someone.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's not your business to know. Your right. assignment is to show up and do it. Yes. Now, six years later, if I had stopped at year one, I would not be in the place that I'm in currently. So, in order to get to my blog, CaseyGordon.com, and Um, I write weekly on the faith side and again it's just whatever topic God lays on my heart through experience through lessons through learning from my daughter because she has some incredible lessons that she's teaching me or on the finance side where I write once a month Um, and you can subscribe for one or both depending on what um, your heart desires
0: that's awesome that's awesome let me uh Make this point as well, because you, you bring up the newsletter and things of that nature, and, and even I think this morning we, we sent something out about love, um, about loving yourself, and, and how a lot of people don't um, take the time. You know, we, we're we're so busy loving other people, we don't learn how to love ourselves, right? We're we're boastful, we we, we tally up our mistakes, and, and and that can be very detrimental to our um, our well-being. And it's hard to be a child of God and express love um, when you don't feel love to yourself. Um, but I do want to talk about the writing aspect about giving yourself space to breathe and to, to be in God and to dwell with God. And and I kind of feel that way, even, you know, during these episodes, you know, we pray before, you know, some of these episodes. And it's really just kind of sending ourselves and saying, letting God guide the conversation in the way that he sees fit. And what is your writing style? You know, are you sitting in uh, meditating over the word sitting? What are some of your processes? What's that like to develop? that material where you know it's gonna to be touching hundreds of people, or maybe even thousands of people at a time?
1: So my process is, and I laugh. It's like, Lord, it's Saturday night. I don't know what I'm talking about tomorrow morning. My <laughs> you know, thought both is going out at eight. And sometimes this past weekend, it was 7.25, and I had no idea what the topic was going to be. Mm. But I've also come to the place that I know that God has not, not provided before. So I sit in in literal quiet and silence. So I get up before my daughter does. Um, And I'm sitting there on a Sunday morning. And, you know, people are like, why are you up on Sunday morning? It's like, there's writing time. It's writing time. (laughs) Right. Um, And I'm listening intently for God. What will you have me share this morning? And I can't even tell you this weekend. The And I I never know who it's going to touch and in what way. Yes. Um, The email that I got, afterwards. Someone I met once um, on Lunch Club for networking, Um, I probably added her to my newsletter, and her email had me in tears because of the impact, like the conversation about creation, um, God creating the earth, um, and then juxtaposing it with a conversation with Job. And for that person, it was a real situation of almost walking through the joke moment right. in last week. So such an incredible thing. I don't know who it will touch. My job is simply to show up and write what I believe God lays on my heart. I also, I'm intentional about my quiet time every single morning. Mm. That's a non-negotiable for me. It's sitting there, it's journaling, It's it's just being able to come into God's presence. I'm reading multiple devotions. Um, I'm looking intentionally for scriptures that I feel like either God is speaking or just is highlighted in my mind. I'll write one or four or five. You know, there are times that the whole page is filled with just scripture. Right. And I've got nothing else to say because I, I just want God to speak to my heart. When I'm called to speak, preparation's all, already been done. Yeah. Now it's allowing God to, to share the words that he's already given me. And you know, I just have to laugh because I told you it was 725 and I was done writing at 741. Mm. And I'm like, okay, God, 10 to 15 minutes of being able to write and share. It's a gift. And I, I don't take that light lightly. It's, it's an absolute gift.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. So, you know, at this moment, you know, some people may be tuning in a little bit late. Maybe they skipped a little bit forward. That happens with podcasts sometimes. You know, they skipped it a little part. Hopefully you landed on this part because, you know, we've talked about your history, your background, right? We, we, we know that you're certified. You know, you have the education. You have the march. You know what you're doing. We, we know that. Um, We talked about your blog writing, we we touched in on who you are as a person, you know, letting people get a a better understanding of who you are, where your faith is, who you serve, things of that nature. I kind of want to make that shift just a little bit to the listeners, right, because at, at this point. Um, If you're listening, like I said, if if you're a woman out there and you're starting to relate to some of the things that um, Casey is saying as like, maybe you've been through similar job situations and transitions in your life and, and balancing family and careers and things of that nature. And you're like, I really like her. Like I am just really, you know, attracted to who she is and what she's able to provide for me. How can I get in contact with her? Right. But before you do, I want her to kind of go over her process and how it feels to actually work with her because we know that she used to work at UBS. We know that she started her own firm. Um, that's a faith-based firm that is that is grounded in scripture and biblical perspective. But can we give a, an onboarding experience or how it is to actually work with you? So if somebody's listening, like, you know, I wonder how it is to work with her. How, how does that go? I explained
1: one of the best parts of what I did before was being able to have real conversations. Mm right? So it doesn't necessarily start with how much money you have. That's not where we're starting. Our first conversation is a 30 minute consultation that's always free. And we're just coming to the table. I'm coming to listen to what it is that you're looking to accomplish. I don't come with preconceived notions of what I can do for you. I just want to make sure that I can either guide you Or if I can't, I'm going to tell you that we're not a good fit for each other and hopefully give you some guidance on how to move forward. And then if you decide to work together, then I'll send you account paperwork and then we'll really get into the details of, are we doing investment management? Are we doing financial planning? Is it just an ongoing consultation? I believe I've been called on this side of the world to be able to work with different types of people with different needs, right? And not everyone's going to come with a million dollars to start working with. Sometimes you are earning very, very well, but you don't have a lot to show for it because you're mm-hmm. not spending wisely. We get into all of that. We start looking under the hood of your finances, yes. like what you're spending like. And I love, I love to give this example because I'm like, if I went to someone and they told me that I could not travel and I have to stop traveling, we're not working together. Right. That, not going to happen so everybody has that thing that they're not going to give up
0: right
1: but how can we make it so that you live your life enjoyable for now we're not promised tomorrow balancing living presently but also planning for the future and that's what I help my clients do like really enjoy where they are sometimes you're thinking of retirement like what does that look like for you you're not going to work for 30 or 40 years and then one day like go cold turkey I'm not going to work anymore without planning right but I love the aspect of also life planning where we talk about that we start thinking about we start almost daydreaming what does that life look like okay do you still need to work part-time is it possible to reduce the time that you're working so that you can fit in things that are still pleasurable but you know to keep your mind sharp so all of these conversations, it just depends on where you are in the life situation and what you're looking to accomplish. And that's why I try not to come with any preconceived notion, because I truly want to hear what's important to you.
0: That is awesome. One of, one of my things that, you know, we, we kind of go over with our clients is, like you said, the daydreaming aspect of it is that we, we're not trying to take anything away from your life that is less fulfilled and make you struggle and make you give up your coffee. What we really are trying to do is just redirect the dollars into the things that you want to get done. We I, I like this example when I give to clients, I says, well, what do you like to do? I like to travel. I say, okay. And it's like, well, where do you like to go? We talk about where he wants to go. And it's like, okay, what do you do there? And it's like, oh, I might get a massage. I was like, okay, how much does massage costs? Like a hundred dollars. And I said, well, what's about the premium package? He's about $300. I said, okay, well go in your finances and find out where you can cut out a couple of dollars to put to that toward that massage. And it's fun. They go in there. They're like, well, I don't need this. I don't need this. I don't need this. Oh, I, I can have the massage. Like <laughs> that is very exciting for clients. Like, oh, that's what you mean by redirecting your dollars because we're losing dollars to interest rates on credit cards. We're losing big dollars to our mortgages. when we're not refinancing, we're losing dollars to our taxes all those places we can redirect those dollars into the things that we really enjoy whether it's taking our kids to disneyland or maybe it's a a family vacation that you haven't had so it's not necessarily about taking away it's about reorganizing your finances and you don't have to necessarily live without even if you're in debt you can still do things for yourself but at the same time tracking your financial planning so you can get out of that situation because debt is a wet blanket that feels like the humidity of louisiana deep down in june i'm telling you But the idea here is that that's why we have professionals like Casey, who's here to kind of protect you from that and introduce you. And one thing she did not mention, but I'm going to mention for her, is that she makes very complex ideas simple, and you're taking gradual steps. So she's going to take you step by step and gradually introduce you into that that world. Remember we said earlier, proximity changes perception. You get to know what she's doing, her process, get to know it. Don't don't go on her website and just... Kind of figure it out and go. I want you to schedule some time and actually speak with her, just like we're speaking with her today. There, there's something I want you to address as well as we kind of wrap up here a little bit. You talk about when the time is right, the Lord will make it happen. Can you talk about being patient as far as your process is concerned? Because a lot of people may come to you and say, Well, my finances are not changed in a week. My finances are not changed in a month. Can you kind of talk about um, being present, as you as you spoke about before, and then also allowing God to let things happen in your life.
1: I'm going to say this phrase again, slow progress is still progress. We've somehow gotten the notion that we're supposed to be wealthy overnight. We'll start working with a financial advisor. And we're supposed to get hundred percent return every single day.
0: <laughs> sorry, right? sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm laughing that there is a hint of truth and <laughs> every joke there is. There it's a hint. Of I, truth. I,
1: I, I heard, I heard it a little bit on your, on the podcast that I listened to of yours right before we started. So getting that return and it's, it's the thing that I shared earlier. It's that slow progress. It's starting yeah. with this dollar amount that doesn't feel like you're doing a whole lot. No. but consistently showing up over time. I'm just, I'm still in some seasons of waiting, but God has said, when the time is right, I, the Lord, will make it happen. Yeah. You can make it happen any faster. I can't make it happen any faster, even though I would like to, hello, microwave. <laughs> <laughs> right,
0: right, right. right.
1: Um, you know, I started actually cooking on the stove. I Instead of warming my food up mm. in the microwave, I've started doing it on the stove. That's awesome patience, right? It's starting the thing and not giving up too soon. I talked about that with my blog. If I'd given up because I didn't see the results in year one, I would not have made it to year six to realize the impact that it's been making all along. Keep track of where you are, keep track of your finances, look at it frequently, but not over obsessing over it either.
0: Yes. What is a a key takeaway that you have for our listeners? So like I said before, there's a woman out there that maybe feels like she's not in control of her finances. Maybe she's recently widowed or recently divorced and she feels like there's there's nothing that she can do. How can you help that person change your life for the better?
1: Absolutely. And I think sometimes we have more control than we realize that we do. A large part of it is being able to talk through. You and I talked about that before. Sometimes you don't know where you are. We think we're supposed to know where we are, but that's not the case. Finances are not taught in school. There are no dumb questions. It's getting with somebody who has an understanding. It's getting with someone who's patient and who's willing to spend the time with you to explain the situation that you're in so that you can make different decisions. If you don't know that you need to tackle your debt first, at 20 or 25% credit card debt, as opposed to trying to invest $1,000 or $2,000 right. in a you know, stock that's going to return you 5 or 6%, you're going to have the same issue that you've had unless you start having conversations with someone who knows more um, than you in this department. Yes, You might come to me and know, you might know a whole lot more in nursing because that's not my field of expertise. This is my field of expertise, so let me help you with that and help yeah. you navigate
0: the path forward. Well, that's beautiful. Uh, we have a guest, Tony Hickson, who's going to be on the show. He's talking about uh, not necessarily just legacy planning, but he's talking about preparing for the third stepping stone in your life, which is after retirement. Um, he tells a story of his mother who unfortunately committed suicide after a long stint in a hospice where she worked because her identity was tied to her job. She had depression. She had all kinds of symptoms because she did not plan for that third stage in her life. Um, and I want people to listen to this now because if you are um, a woman or, or even a man who, who maybe been widowed or um, find yourself single, um, legacy planning is very important. We just sent out something about the um, ASPCA about pets. Some people don't have kids, so they need to do something about state planning for their kids, but you still need to think about legacy planning. Who are you going to bless in the next generation? So if you're like, well, it's just me, I'm by myself. I mean, what's the point? The point is that God has given you resources to bless someone else. Let Casey work with you to help transfer that if something should happen to you, God forbid, because if you're already suffering from the loss of a loved one, you don't want to continue that pain, right to the next generation, you want to educate them. So who are going to be your next stewards of those assets that God has provided for you? Are they prepared with any resources that you have, right? We want to make sure that that education comes and sometimes you may not know it. And that's what Casey is going to do. She's going to educate you on what you need to tell them. And you're going to feel more secure. You're going to feel safer. You're going to feel that this is a better environment for you. Okay, so so thank you once again for joining us, Casey. And it was a beautiful experience. Can you please tell the people where they can find you?
1: Absolutely. CaseyGordon.com. So K-A-Y-S-I-G-O-R-D-O-N.com. Pretty much my name. God has a sense of humor. started a <laughs> blog website six years ago out of obedience. And now it's now my financial planning website. Everything's there. My calendar, just a little bit more about me, my beautiful daughter, all of that is there. Thank you.
0: Yep. And I will be remiss not to mention you do have a book as well.
1: So I actually have three books. Um, The first one and all again, out of obedience. So the first one is Walking by Faith and Not by Sight, Learning to Be Still in the Midst of Life's Chaos. That was published in 2018 before the pandemic happened, and we all know that we needed to be still in the midst of life's chaos when that happened, and then the next one was published in 2020, Walking in Obedience, Learning to Trust God Each Step of the Way, and those are devotionals, so similar to my blog, um, they end in prayer, scripture, and uh, a prompt uh, with a question to allow you to get into your quiet space as well, and at the time, my daughter and I, uh, actually, I was publishing a second book, and she said, mommy, I want to write a book with you. Mm. Uh, I said, okay, what should it be about? <laughs> said, Tell me a story. And I, she said, okay, something about talents. And I sat there, this was again in the pandemic in 2020, and I said, Amelia and her many talents, and she mm. brought papers, stapled, and everything else. And I'm like, why are you wasting my paper, though? <laughs> um And I wrote this little story and I wrote the end on it and I read it to her. And I'm like, I think we just wrote a story. I think. So we reached out to my publisher who had an illustrator. And so we have a third book. My daughter and I co authored Amelia and Her Many Talents, um, a children's book um, encouraging kids to pursue, um, and to really, um, honor the talents that God has given them through practice and
0: diligence. Well, that's awesome. Well, we could just name the next one in the series, Casey's talents, because she's a writer, she's a CPA, she's a CFP. She is a woman of many talents. I just want to thank you once again for coming on the show. Thank you for sharing your story. I think it is very beautiful. As for my loyal listeners, thank you for tuning in. As always, check out our social media as we'll be posting clips and other key takeaways during the following weeks, just in case there was something that you missed. Um, Be sure to sign up for our free newsletter where we will give you free Christian financial resources, notification of future guests, and tips on how you can be rich and stay righteous. I hope that you've been blessed. As always, this episode was created by AB Ridgeway, owner of AB Ridgeway Wealth Management, a virtual and in-person fee-only advisor that believes that financial advice should have God in it. If you need help figuring out your finances, feel free to reach out to us at 337-414-3686 or visit our website at www.abrwealthmanagement.com and schedule a free consultation. New episodes are available every Friday, so be sure to subscribe. Elijah and Ridgway and any guests on the podcast are providing their own views and opinion are not necessarily the views and opinions of AB Ridgeway Wealth Management. Nothing on the podcast should be construed as solicitation or offer or recommendation to buy or sell any specific security. Investment advisory services are only provided to investors who become AB Ridgeway Wealth Management clients pursuant to a written investment management agreement. Clients of AB Ridgeway Wealth Management may hold positions and securities discussed in the podcast. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk and may lose money.